Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And we are here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Systemic Marxism is infecting America. Marxism in America has become like a pandemic of its own in our mainstream American culture. It's no longer on the fringe like it used to be. It's in most of the national corporate-run media. It's in all or most classrooms in America's biggest cities. And lamentably, it's pandemic, endemic, I should say, in every layer of our government all across America. The media drove so much hype over the Makia Bryant case. And we did a whole show on that, so I'm not going to do a whole show on that again. But some were saying white cops killed a teen girl. We talked about it then. And now we know from a new video that was released where she's actually screaming, I'm going to stab the F out of that B word. Listen to this. Now, like the king of New York, Bob Grant, would say, it's sick and getting sicker. If you go to my Rumble channel, there's a video of a New York City cop And he's getting dragged by a guy who was out on that no-cash bail bail reform. Now, this is different from the criminal justice reform. This is the one that the AOC and them pushed, where it was uh, designed for criminals to not get prosecuted. Because that's racial injustice, to prosecute criminals. So, of course, he was out on bail, or no-cash bail, just out on his own recognizance, for attempted murder. And what do you think? He's going to do it again? Yes, he tried to kill a cop with his car. He's lucky they didn't shoot him dead right there on the spot. He did get away. He went on a thing. They chased him all the way into Long Island. Or they caught him in Long Island, I should say. This is part of the problem with this uh, systemic Marxism. Or I should say systemic stupidity that's wreaking havoc on the body politic here in America. And I'm talking about America because, of course, this is America. This is what we've got to get our arms around because if we don't, we're going to be in a major, major problem. Now, some of you are thinking, Rich, wake up and smell the coffee, bro. We're already in a major problem. I agree that we're in a problem, but it can get worse. We haven't hit rock bottom, and we have to start providing solutions now. Now, I want to, on a quick aside, I want to talk about Angela Stanton King. She's the founder of the American King Center. She is the um, uh, goddaughter of Martin Luther King's niece, Alveda King. And, you know, I was looking at a picture on, on uh, one of my social media the other day, and I saw a picture of her and Alveda King and a few other uh, people in the Oval Office with President Trump. And, you know, it was with respect to their role in bringing about the criminal justice reform 
that uh, President Trump championed during his administration. And I, I thought to myself, you know what, I want to talk to Angela King about a couple of different things. One, uh, she uh, had some really interesting comments online about just a few days ago on 420, which uh, many people know is the um, National Marijuana Day where everybody celebrates weed. And she had an interesting take on that because some states are now offering free weed in order to bribe people to take the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine. She also mentioned on her Instagram about a personal situation that she had with a transsexual. And I thought, this is really interesting stuff, and she was being uh, really transparent about it. So I want to get her take on it, and we're going to do that on the next episode of This Is America, so don't miss it. I'm going to sit down with Angela Stanton King. Now, over the weekend, we had the Oscars. Look, I used to like the Oscars, and I'm not going to say I hate them and I boycott them. I didn't watch them, but I would. Uh, I would even go to them if they were if I was invited to them, if there was a movie that I supported. And I, you know, it just seems like a cool experience. Even though I, I don't know if I would get along with everybody there, I don't think I would knock it till I try it. But... Like Ricky Gervais said, uh, whether it was last year or the year before, I think he was right and he was really funny. Listen to this. Many talented people of color were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, <laughs> fifth time. So, we were gonna do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, maybe next year, let's, let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. OK? <laughs> you know, he's a funny guy. And he's right. Now, somebody else that's blasted the Oscars is El Trompito himself. That's right. El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, Donald J. Trump, El Presidente. He, um, he just released a statement a little while ago saying this. And I'm going to do part of it in my Trump voice, but, you know, it's not easy for me. What used to be called the Academy Awards and now is called the Oscars. A far less important and elegant name, mind you, had the lowest television ratings in recorded history, even much lower than last year, which set another record low. If they keep with the current ridiculous formula, it will only get worse, if that's possible. And he goes on to say, go back 15 years and look at the formula they used then, change the name back to the Academy Awards instead of calling it the Oscars, don't be so politically correct and boring and do it right. Also, bring back a great host. These television people spend all their time thinking about how to promote the Democrat Party, which is destroying our country, canceling conservatives and Republicans. That formula certainly hasn't worked very well for the Academy. And that's uh, President Trump's quote in his statement right there. Now, I believe that President Trump is right. I do agree with that statement. And so was Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, who set things straight when he took the stage had, you know, some really inspiring words where he talked about 
how his mother raised him, what he was taught to believe in as, as a kid growing up. And I thought that was remarkable because I think so many of us, at least those of us that consider ourselves good people, I, I think many of us also had these experiences where our moms and dads and our family members told us to do the right thing in life. So I want you to hear exactly what Tyler Perry had to say. Check this out. My mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. And in this time, and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award and dedicate it to anyone who wants to stand in the middle, no matter what's around the wall, stand in the middle, because that's where healing happens. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. It happens in the middle. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate, to refuse blanket judgment, and to help lift someone's feet off the ground, this one is for you too. All right, now check this out. That's Tyler Perry at the Academy Awards. And you'll notice everybody's on board. The applause are still thundering as he's going through this line of people till he gets to police officers. And the applause start to die down a little bit. He says, Asians, you know, uh, police officers. And all of a sudden they're like, oh man, you know, you used to be cool. <laughs> now you're not so cool. And I think that's the problem. That the applause suddenly stop when he says cops and Asians. Listen, I know how that feels. Not because I'm a cop or an Asian, neither. But I, I catch flack for believing in things like innocence until proven guilty. Yes, believe it or not, I do. Even if it's on video. If I want my day in court... I have to make sure that you get your day in court. I can't just agree with something just because it works for my political argument. So whether I think that uh, I support law enforcement and I think that they're doing the right thing and when they have to use deadly force, they do. Okay, I do believe those things. But I also think we have a, a justice system and we should go through that system and go through that process because that to me is what is important. That's how we should approach things. You know, so I had this... Uh, conversation with a colleague and he was saying, well, it's clear as day. And I was like, look, it may be clear as day on video, but we have to make sure that we keep this innocence until proven guilty thing. We can't just say that when it's Brett Kavanaugh. We have to say it all the time. So this guy that I say was, you know, out on bail for um, allegedly committing attempted murder. He allegedly ran the cop over, which is on the body cam video. And you can see the whole thing. And he's going to have his day in court and hopefully they won't let him go this time. And I just want to put that out there because we have to play by the same set of rules. Otherwise, we become the left and we start to buy into idealism. And uh, on your own time, go look up idealism. Spend You could spend months studying idealism. To me, it's what's destroying the country. It's how idealistic Marxists are the, are the problem that we face in so many institutions in America. But speaking of Marxists, uh, I wish I had the little song from my buddy Tretch from uh, OPP. We, we had produced something once that was pretty funny. And it was like, ba -da -ba 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 -ba. you know, you down with AOC? Hell no, not me. I, I probably butchered that, but we'll get that produced and we'll make it sound really nice. Bottom line here is they're thinking of eliminating seats in California. They're thinking of eliminating a congressional seat in New York. And I wonder, will it be AOC's seat? Now, one can only wish, right, that it would be. 
obviously because in New York, the population is decreasing. So I'm wondering, everybody from New York seems to be moving to Florida because it's the land of liberty right now. You can not wear a mask. You can still go to the store. You can go to a bar. You can go to a restaurant. You can live your life. Your businesses aren't shut down. It's not the uh, utopian or dystopian, I should say, left-wing universe that New York has become, which is becoming crime-ridden at that. But anyway, everybody I know is moving to Florida and Texas to flee what's going on with the uh, Marxists. And all-out crazy AOC, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, she says that Biden's racial policy is better than she'd expected. (laughs) I, I laugh too. She imagined that he would be more conservative on lots of these progressive issues. Now, I know you're thinking, no, she didn't say that, Rich. You're twisting this. You're, you're being like them. You're being a propagandist. No, you don't believe me? Check this out. One thing that I will say is that I do think that um, the Biden administration and President Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. Uh, you know, I'll be frank. I think a lot of us expected a much more conservative administration. Um, and I think that his not only what has ultimately come out, but the active. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Invitation and willingness and collaboration uh, with progressives in his first 100 days um, or almost 100 days uh, has been very impressive. (laughs) I tell you, this is why I'm always in a good mood for the most part, Uh, except during live shows. People interrupt live shows. That always gets under my skin, whether it's me doing the talking or me doing um, the phone screening, producing, whatever it is uh, on the uh, other side of the glass. I don't want to, to be interrupted by stuff because there's too many moving parts when you're doing live radio. So just a quick aside on that. So if you call the Mark Levin Show and you happen to get me, yeah, it's very likely I will be curt. It's very likely that, um, you know, you will perceive me to be rude. And it's because we count seconds in the radio business and we really got to keep things moving. But going back to All Out Crazy AOC and this elimination of seats in the Bronx and Queens, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know um, how that's going to pan out. But it is nice to know that she thinks that Joel Baboso Biden is... Not as conservative as she thought he was going to be. Now, I I look at that and I think, listen, Biden, a conservative, get out. Now, she wasn't saying he was a conservative. She just said she expected him to be more conservative on progressive issues. Um, Okay, fair statement. What's scary is when AOC is saying, oh, yeah, no, no, Biden's doing a good thing. He's he's all right. Oh, hell yeah. No, no, not good. (laughs) Muy Malo, right? No bueno. Let's make it simple for everybody. This is very bad. This is not good in any way. AOC saying that Biden's a lot more progressive than she expected brings a world of hurt for so many different Americans. It only adds fuel to the fire of this attack on our culture. Now, I was looking at this article the other day in The Federalist, federalist.com, great, great, uh, great site. 
Headline, Joe Biden's using your tax dollars to make American kids hate their own country. Communist China can repurpose its anti-American propaganda budget for other pursuits with a presidential administration like this one running its uh, top competitor. The Biden administration cites that the anti-American 1619 project and hate monger Ibrahim X. Kendi as guiding its criteria for federal American history and civics education grants in a proposed rule in the Federal Register on April 19th. Again, this is in thefederalist.com by Joy Pullman. I'm not making this up. The U.S. Department of Education's educational priorities as described in the register accept and amplify Chinese communist propaganda accusing the United States of systemic racism and recommending anti-white racism as the cure. The document cites the New York Times error-riddled 1619 project, divisive identity projects like identity politics, driven manuals, and other information that's coming from the Smithsonian Institute. And of course, Professor Kendi's racist form of anti-racism has examples for the kind of preschool through college indoctrination of children the Biden administration will use taxpayer funds and federal power to promote. Absolute insanity. Now listen, I don't say this stuff just to be inflammatory, to get a rise out of anybody. That's not my goal. I hear that so much when, you know, when you're talking to callers on the radio and stuff like that. They constantly tell you, you know, all I hear is you pointing out the problems. What's the solution? You know, it's when you turn on the news and you watch the weather. And I'm not saying we're the news, but news commentary is just that, commentary on the news. The weatherman says, oh, it's going to be 60 degrees, partly cloudy, chance of sun showers. You don't go to him and go, what do I do, Mr. Weatherman? What do I do? What's a simple average person like me going to do? You think he's going to turn around and say, hey, numbskull, get yourself an umbrella. No, that's, there is a degree of we have to think of things on our own. Now, of course, I do agree that we should provide as many solutions as we can. But there has to be an incumbent desire innate within each of us to make a difference, to bring about change, to learn about how our system is supposed to operate so that when it goes astray, we can call it out and go, hey, this isn't working right. And, you know, I got into this... Uh, and I hate getting into these little uh, tit-for-tat exchanges because I love these people. These are great people, patriots. And they call and they say things like, you know, you should do this or so-and-so should do that or this radio host should do that or Trump should do this. And I think, well, you know, what is stopping you from doing that? And they come up with these litanies of, of excuses and just one list after the next list of this is why I can't do anything. This is why all I can do is take time out of my day to call a talk radio show and say, you need to do it. And again, I'm not, I'm not uh, casting fault. I think that's just a natural reaction. People think, oh, you're, you're researching this stuff all day. You've got this all figured out. And sometimes some people do. But I think the whole point, at least my whole point in all of this, is that everybody will walk away a little bit smarter. Like that time I talked to Thomas Sowell on the phone for five minutes. I felt like psh, my uh, IQ shot up at least a point or two. I'm kidding. A, a lot more than a point or two. The guy's brilliant. So when you talk to him, it's like, wow, yeah, it kind of things become very crystal clear. So I get that. And I want to share the things that we learn and we know. But I also think that there's a lot that we can learn from you. 
because you bring lots of ideas to the table, which is why taking the show on the road, I'm going to a few different cities this summer, and I'm going to officially announce that, I guess on Thursday, we'll make an announcement about you know which cities we're going to and when, and if you want to be involved in that, if you want to get the official tour t-shirt or any of that stuff, all of that's going to be available at richvaldez.com, richvaldez.com, Valdez with an S, or on social media at richvaldez, um, Twitter, Parler, Facebook, all of that. But the, the point I wanted to make about this, and you can read that article, I'm not going to read the whole thing, I just wanted to kind of put the gist of it out there because I think it's important and it's one that we kind of have to hammer home pretty regularly because otherwise it, it kind of falls off the radar, like Andrew Cuomo fell off the radar. And that's something that we don't want. So keep it locked right there. We're going to get to a couple of different things about the United States Postal Service as well as what's going on in our new George Orwellian 1984-ish America, plus a conversation I had with uh, an interesting person on my way to the elevator the other day. Uh, keep it locked right there. You don't want to miss it. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. All right, America. Welcome back. Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. This is America. And the FBI combed through the national security agencies, the NSA, their trove of Americans' communications without a warrant and in its search for what they call racially motivated violent extremists when it was already warned that the practice was unconstitutional. Now, this is a story that just broke today, and I think it's interesting because I think, first of all, like if I go to tell my kids this, I have to first explain to them, yeah, back in 2001, 2002, whatever they passed these laws were, we literally collect data from everybody. Everybody gets spied on all the time, but they don't use that for anything unless they get a warrant through the FISA court and blah, blah, blah. And I could already see my kids rolling their eyes going, dad, you think they're not going to use it? Of course they're going to use it because, you know, they're kids and they're like, "Who, who, who are you kidding? But the rest of us think that this is legit and this is how it works. So A newly declassified report shows the FBI trolled through vast troves of Americans' communications collected by the National Security Agency. Despite previous warnings, it was violating the Constitution. The report reveals how the FBI continues to use warrantless searches for routine criminal cases. A single request from an FBI analyst for NSA data in connection with predicted criminal investigations related to domestic terrorism turned up 33 hits. So this isn't just once or twice, 33 times. It's unclear from the heavily redacted FISA court report whether it uncovered any criminal extremist behavior or made any arrests resulting from those searches. One senior FBI official told Daily Mail the FBI had taken numerous steps to comply with the FISA court guidance over the past 18 months. It comes as the Department of Homeland Security now vows to root out domestic extremists within its ranks and Congress ponders new domestic terror laws. Now, what I find interesting about this and the next, uh, and they're not related, uh, but I wanted to point something out, is that this spying, all of this stuff, and I'm not talking just about Obama spying on Trump and the Trump campaign, but I'm talking about back when Obama was in office, they used the IRS to spy on people. They did lots of interesting things. Not only did they just like keep Tea Party groups and they used the IRS as a weapon. And if you've read Mark Levin's books, you know that this is something Democrats have done historically. So it shouldn't come as a surprise, but it's happening. Now, last week, we learned that the United States Postal Police were also tracking us. Yes, we the people. I say to that, how George Orwellian of them, how 1984-ish of them to do. Now, this is in Yahoo News. Uh, from 
the 21st of April, so just a few days ago, the Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors Americans' social media posts. The law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service has been quietly running a program that tracks and collects American social media posts, including those about planned protests, according to a document obtained by Yahoo News. Now, this doesn't shock me that it's uh, happening. It, you know, it's a little interesting that it's the postal police, but I think if you put it out there to social media, trust and believe that the government is going to get their hands on it. Now, the details of the surveillance effort known as ICOP, ICOP, or Internet Covert Operations Program, have not previously been made public. The work involves having analysts trawl through social media sites to look for what the document describes as inflammatory postings, and then sharing that information across government agencies. Interesting. Big Brother in action. Here's a quote. Analysts with the United States Postal Inspection Service, USPIS, Internet Covert Operations Program, known as ICOP, monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, says the March 16th government bulletin, marked as law enforcement sensitive, and distributed through the Department of Homeland Security's fusion centers. Here's a quote. Locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor and telegram accounts. That's a quote from the uh, document that uh, the government put up. A number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of a worldwide rally for freedom and democracy to protest everything from lockdown measures to 5G technology. Here's another quote. Parlor users have commented about their intent to use the rallies to engage in violence. Imagine three on the right, or excuse me, image three on the right is a screenshot from a parlor account indicating two users discussing the event as an opportunity to engage in a fight and do some serious damage. Now, I don't write off the fact that some people may say some stupid things and do some stupid things and that there are stupid people out there. But I will say, I use Parler a lot. I think there's, I have 70,000 followers on there and I interact with them. I've never seen anybody say something stupid like that. And when these trolls or these bots, and you know they're trolls and bots because you can say something like, postal service is spying on Americans and the response will be, uh, you know, that's because Trump is a big baby. And you're like, what? How does that work? You know, it doesn't match up. It's probably some AI autoresponder type of thing. So, you know, I hit the lead on those, block the people, whatever. But my point is, I don't see a whole lot of calls for violence. And I, I follow this stuff every day and I didn't hear of any calls for this and that. This is another what, you know, um, uh, Borston and Levin would call a pseudo event. Literally never happened. But they want you to think it's happening. And the whole article is around uh, right-wing parlor telegram. But when you open your eyes and you actually see what's happening outside, it's not right-wing anybody. It's left-wing militia, left-wing propaganda, Antifa and the rest of these people that are beating people senseless, burning things down, massive violence in the streets. I saw one Antifa-looking guy. He you know, had the mask on. He had that whole hipster look to him. He was walking around with a golf club in, in mid, looked like Midtown Manhattan in the video I just saw minutes before I jumped on the microphone. And he just, 
there's some guy like doing an inspection at a retail location, a storefront, and he's looking up, he's got like a pad in his hand, he's looking left, he's looking right, you know, like looking at, you know, all right, you check, they got this, they got that, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, this guy just whacks him with this golf club or this long metal stick. It kind of looked like a putter to me. But anyway, just whacks him in the head. Lucky for him, there were two cops standing right by there. It must have been right by a precinct. And they chased the guy. And I'm guessing they got him because they were close enough to the guy. But the video ended. My point was, this type of crazy, out-of-control violence because of drug abuse and all this other stuff that's happening is plaguing cities. It's plaguing so many people. And the government, instead of providing support, we're worried about using the United States Secret Service, the Postal Service, whomever it is, the uh, Postal Police, to go after Parler, to go after you and me and the freedom and liberty that we're pursuing. Now, if there are crazies on Parler, go get them. Uh, I'll be the first to say it. But right now, I think we need to really focus on what is going on in America where we're spending more time spying on people than we are in actually fixing things. You know, and this just makes me think that Sometimes infections can become very resistant to antibiotics. And I think what we're going through right now, whether it's this postal police, the spying, the, uh, the, um, the violence, the left-wing extremism, all of that, it's to me the root cause of it is Marxism. Marxism in America has become endemic in mainstream American culture. It's no longer on the fringe. I said that before and I'll say it again. If you're tired of seeing America suffer from systemic Marxism, buy a copy of Mark Levin's new book. Go and pre-order it on Amazon right now. It's called American Marxism. And take his advice. That's in the last chapter of the book. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Keep it locked right there. Up next, my story with uh, the world-famous Joe Piscopo. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America. We're not done yet. This is America. <laughs> All right, bienvenido America, welcome back. I love the Spanish bumper music coming back in. Uh, and it, it's so appropriate for the story that I have. See, the other day I was talking to one of the board operators at the studio, and Joe Piscopo walked by, and he uh, hosts a Sinatra show, and it, it was a, it's a great show. But that wasn't the topic. We were just talking about something and looking, and he was saying, you know, I want to do this variety show. And I was like, yeah, you'd be terrific for that. And what's interesting is, you know, he was walking out to the bathroom. I was going to the elevator. They're both the same way. So we walked and we were talking. And I was like, you know, I would love to do a variety show. Uh, not that I would love to do one. I'd love for there to be a really good variety show on television. And and it's be, and I was explaining to him because as a kid, I grew up watching an amazing variety show called Sábado Gigante with this host that I, I always wanted to be like this host. In, in some ways, me having this podcast is part of my pursuit to become Don Francisco, right? Because Don Francisco was just, to me, he was so cool. He was just like this mag daddy, had all of these like Vegas showgirls that were like models on the show. He had, it was like a game show. It was like Barb Barker on The Price is Right uh, in Spanish, but it had lots more. There were comedy skits. It was like the gong show was involved in that, Uh, you know, slash American Idol, slash a beauty pageant, slash, you know, a hip hop concert or reggaeton. I mean, it was truly like a late night uh, comedy show. Johnny Carson, Bob Barker, you know, um, 
Star Search, Ed McMahon, American Idol, all in one. It was just a tremendous show. And he did it for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that, maybe 50. Then retired. Now he does like a weekend version of it. And it's a watered down because he's older now. But my point was, it was great. And I was explaining, there's this Spanish language show like I just did to you. And Joe Piscopo looks at me. He goes, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Don Francisco? Who doesn't know Don Francisco? Yo, you kid, I, I do this great bit with him in it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, snap, Joe Piscopo knows Don Francisco. And I thought, this is terrific because it's a great show and I wish more people could watch the show. I'm sure, though, by today's standards, they would say he's a misogynist, he's this, he's that. I'm sure he's even a racist. He's an Argentinian guy, I think, or Uruguayan guy who's actually German and Jewish. I think his real name is Mario Kratzenberger. But he's actually, you know, born in South America. Anyway, the, the segment's not about Don Francisco. Don't worry. It was just about that story. And it got me thinking about about uh, Hispanic culture and all that stuff. And I thought to myself, what is going on with our vice president, Kamala Harris? Or as I like to call her, Kamala Harris. Because she's still MIA, likely uh, bailing out rioters while the kids in Biden's cages continue to suffer. And that's no good. Now, there was this article that I saw in The Intelligencer, which is, uh, I think, part of New York Magazine. April 8th, 2021, New York Magazine Intelligencer column by Eric Levitz says, Latinas drove Trump's gains with Hispanic voters in 2020. Now, I found this remarkable because, A, New York Mag is not a right-wing bastion of uh, conservative thought, number one. Number two, the narrative was that, no, Latinas didn't like Trump. It was only the, the, the Latinos, right? The, the men, the Hispanic men, because they liked machismo. And while that some of that may be true, the point was, it wasn't true to begin with because this is what the media does. They feed you one line of crap and they hope that you'll buy it hook, line, and sinker. On November 3rd of last year, Miami-Dade County gave the Democratic Party a panic attack. Florida was the first major swing state to report its ballots in the 2020 election. And returns from the vote were overwhelmingly Hispanic and overwhelmingly Democrat. Precincts showed the incumbent president making massive gains with a demographic he'd spent five years disparaging, as they say. If the trend among Hispanic voters was remotely representative of the border electorate's mood, Donald Trump was about to win re-election in an electoral college landslide. Ultimately, Democrats gains with college-educated white voters, blah, blah, blah. They go on to say this stuff. But the early returns from Miami-Dade still boast a prominent place in Democrat consultant nightmares. And for good reason. Florida's vote wasn't the preview of the country's, but the rightward shift of Hispanic voters in Florida was indicative that identity groups' voting behavior nationwide can't be judged as monolithic. Despite the rich diversity amongst this catch-all demographic category, all right, this is such a stupid article, but it was the headline and a few pieces of data that are in there I wanted to talk about. But I'll talk about that part right there. See, this is, a, and I've talked about this before, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think this is what they do to African Americans, this is what they do to Asians, this is what they do to everybody. They don't do it as much to Asians because, uh, I think, because they're just a quieter bunch and they typically have very high levels of educational attainment. So with that being said, they usually have enough money, they do their thing, many of them lean conservative, and they're like, there's no way I'm going to get this guy who's making 200 k a year to come on board. But you never know. You get an Andrew Yang every now and again, where you're like, you know what, you made all this money in Silicon Valley, and now you want to come and be the uh, New York Marxist-in-chief. It's insane. What's going on with Hispanics, by and large, 
is that Hispanics can't be referred to as Hispanics. It's the same way we can't refer to whites as just whites. There's, there's categories for everything if you want to categorize things, but I think people ultimately are people and they're going to choose the things that they want to choose. They're not just going to go and do what you want them to do because of the color of their skin. And I think this is something you know and I'm preaching to the choir, but it's something that needs to continually be said because the Democrats seem to think that this is the way. And that what did we do? Oh my gosh, things went drastically wrong. And I'm going to continue to bring you pieces on that because there's a number of articles that came out about this postmortem analysis from um, Equis, the Equis group that does this uh, analysis and uh, polling research, etc. And they keep driving this point home and, and different media entities are spinning it every way they can because the numbers suggest that Hispanics like Trump. And first thing was, oh, we Hispanic men though because of the machismo. Right then, oh, now the females, Hispanic females, put Trump over the top. But but that's not indicative of every state. That's because there's a lot of Venezuelans and and Cuban exiles and and uh, relatives of Cuban exiles. And you know those are very very communist countries. So you know when that when the right spills their venom and right wing propaganda about socialism, well of course you know they're brainwashing these people. It was YouTube, you see. It was conspiracy theory. No, no, my friends on the left, it wasn't any of those things. It's quite the opposite. The media has continued to lie to people. The systemic Marxism that has been dismantling liberty in this country is being taken to task. And it started with a movement started by Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente. And he told them, you're fake news. And more and more people said, you know what? You're right. They are fake news. To the point where I've never thought to chant uh, CNN sucks. Uh, but guess what? People do it all the time when they're gathered. They go, CNN sucks. And I think, you know what? It's glorious. It is glorious to see that happen, to see people be informed and engaged citizens, informed and engaged activists, getting in it, having passion about what matters most in our society, having passion for America. That's why we have to stand up because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do absolutely nothing. So keep chanting CNN sucks. Keep getting in the face of them. Keep not doing what needs to to happen for them to succeed. And by that, I mean, you don't have to lead a boycott, a coordinated effort where you say, we're not going to do that. But if you yourself want to stop using a product without coordinating a boycott, go for it. You should. I know I have. I no longer drink Coca-Cola. And I was a Diet Coke fan for a little while. It's my go-to. I prefer Diet Pepsi. Eventually, I'm going to have issues with lots of brands. And to not be a hypocrite, there's some that I'm never going to give up. I don't care how woke they get because I like certain things. And if, you know, if it builds up inside of me and I go, you know what, all right, you know, I can't live without that or I can live without that, I, I, uh, I care for the country more than I do that, then I might get there. But I think we have to be practical and pragmatic with things, which is why I said, I hate leftism, but I don't hate leftists, right? Christianity has taught me, hate the sin, love the sinner. That's all I got for today. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.